Hello, everybody, and welcome into the Bible Reading Podcast, episode number 316. We've got two big Bible questions today. How do we avoid the fear of death? And how do we avoid drifting away? Well, happy Saturday, friends. Two short episodes for the weekend, today and tomorrow. And we start this episode with two big Bible questions out of one passage, Hebrews chapter 2. We're also going to be reading 2 Kings 20, Psalms 137 and 138, and also Hosea 13. We're splitting our two Bible questions today because Hebrews 2 brings up two really important issues that we would do well to consider, and I believe when we do, we'll be encouraged by them. So let's go ahead and read Hebrews chapter 2 and be on the lookout for how we avoid the fear of death and how we avoid drifting away from God. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 1 in the Christian Standard Bible. For this reason, we must pay attention all the more to what we have heard so that we will not drift away. For if the message spoken through angels was legally binding and every transgression and disobedience received a just punishment, how will we escape if we neglect such a great salvation? This salvation had its beginning when it was spoken of by the Lord, and it was confirmed to us by those who heard him. At the same time, God also testified by signs and wonders, various miracles, and distributions of gifts from the Holy Spirit according to his will. For he is not subjected to angels, the world to come that we are talking about, but someone somewhere has testified, What is man that you remember him, or the son of man that you care for him? You made him lower than the angels for a short time. You crowned him with glory and honor and subjected everything under his feet. For in subjecting everything to him, he left nothing that is not subject to him. As it is, we do not yet see everything subjected to him, but we do see Jesus made lower than the angels for a short time so that by God's grace he might taste death for everyone, crowned with glory and honor because he suffered death. For in bringing many sons and daughters to glory, it was entirely appropriate that God, for whom and through whom all things exist, should make the pioneer of their salvation perfect through sufferings. For the one who sanctifies and those who are sanctified all have one Father. That is why Jesus is not ashamed to call them brothers and sisters, saying, I will proclaim your name to my brothers and sisters. I will sing hymns to you in the congregation. Again, I will trust in him, and again, here I am with the children God gave me. Now, since the children have flesh and blood in common, Jesus also shared in these, so that through his death he might destroy the one holding the power of death, that is, the devil, and free those who were held in slavery all their lives by the fear of death. For it is clear that he does not reach out to help angels, but to help Abraham's offspring. Therefore, he had to be like his brothers and sisters in every way, so that he could become a merciful and faithful high priest in matters pertaining to God, to make atonement for the sins of the people. For since he himself has suffered when he was tempted, he is able to help those who are tempted. So two dangers are mentioned in Hebrews, and we're going to find that Hebrews warns us about quite a few dangers. But Hebrews 2, we see two big ones. The first is drifting away by not paying attention to the word of God. And the second, which is very related in the first three verses, is rejecting, or I'm sorry, not rejecting, neglecting the salvation of God. So let's discuss that drifting away. The first chapter of Hebrews is quite interesting in that it doesn't really have a lot of commands to the church in it, but it has this one great focus. Jesus is superior. Jesus is better than the angels. God is speaking to us through Jesus. And chapter 2 directly flows from that important foundation. 
because Jesus, the superior one, is speaking to us with the voice of God, we must listen lest any sort of disaster happen. Of this, Piper says, So the first command in this book, the first duly mentioned, is that we give heed to the word of God and his Son. We could boil down the two chapters of Hebrews so far to this. In these last days, God has spoken to us by a son. For this reason, we pay closer attention to the word that he has spoken. In other words, God has spoken through his son, so listen very, very carefully. Now, here's a command that we desperately need to hear in our day. What do you listen to? Whom do you listen to? God has spoken through his son. Do you listen to him? How does your listening to him compare to your listening and watching of other things? When we want to listen to someone or watch someone, we make provisions for that. If we want to listen to a musical group, we make sure that we have a tape player in the car, or in this day and age, this was a sermon preached in the 80s, in this day and age, an MP3 player or our smartphone, and that we have tapes with us, says Piper dating this message. If we want to listen to the news, we make sure there is a radio in the kitchen or that we have a TV and that we have it turned on at the right time. If we want to listen to a missionary who is in a critical situation overseas, we make arrangements to have email and pick up our mail often during the day. If we want to listen to John Grisham tell his latest tale, we buy a paperback in the airport and have it with us on the airplane. On and on it goes. We all want to listen to something when we make plans for our listening and we buy things and go places and make sure we're not distracted. So how does all this compare to our listening to God's word and to his son? Are you listening to that? Are we making provision to hear the word of God? Are your kitchen and your car and your bathroom and your den and your reading devoted to that? What Hebrews is saying to us here is that in the Christian life, we must go on listening to God's word in Jesus, and we must do this with very close attention. We can't treat it casually. We can't act as if we know all we need to know already, or that we have nothing to gain from listening to Jesus. There's an urgency here in Hebrews 2.1. Literally in the Greek, it says, it is exceedingly necessary that we give heed to what we have heard. It's Not just an option that you can do if you are especially spiritual or have a crisis in front of you, or if you are at a Bible camp, or if you need to prepare some lesson or whatever. It's a word to all Christians. It's exceedingly necessary for us to give heed to Jesus as the word of God. So, God is speaking through Jesus. It's necessary, crucial that we listen, or, says the writer of Hebrews, we will drift away to a very dangerous place. Now, how dangerous is that drifting away? It's life or death. As Spurgeon says, hark, how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? Not if we resist it, reject it, despise it, oppose it, but if we neglect it. If a man is in business, it is not necessary that he should commit forgery in order to fail. He can fail by simply neglecting his business. If a man is sick, he need not commit suicide by taking poison. He can do it just as surely by neglecting to take proper medicines. So it is in the things of God. Neglect is as ruinous as distinct and open opposition. 
How shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? So our first command in Hebrews points us to the word of God through Jesus. Don't neglect it, but take hold of it with all of your holding. In doing that, we see exceedingly good news delivered to us and also a primary reason why we should pay such close attention to the word of Christ in the first place, because not only do his words ring true and have life in them, but his life and overcoming of death show that he is himself truth. Further, his experience of death and the overcoming of death and his invitation to all of humanity to have eternal life by grace through faith give us a doorway to eternal life through him and deliver us from death and the fear of death. And the passage says, Hebrews 2, 14, 15, and 16, Since therefore the children share in flesh and blood, he himself likewise partook of the same things, that through death he might destroy the one who has the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver all those who through fear of death were subject to lifelong slavery. Wow, that's powerful and so encouraging. Jesus became human so that he could experience the death that we were supposed to experience, the death of one who is separated from God and all hope by their sins. That's the death we should have experienced, a hopeless death. Jesus experienced a hopeless and alone death so that you and I would never have to face such a prospect. And in doing so, he brought freedom for those who were afraid of dying. Those who are in Christ will never have to face death separated from the Father the way that Jesus did. Why not? Because Jesus paid that price himself for us. That's the good news. So, dear friends, on this Saturday, allow me to urge you to hold fast to the word of God through Jesus and to partake of the hope that is available to all who have faith in him. Let's continue reading in 2 Kings chapter 20, verse 1. In those days, Hezekiah became terminally ill. The prophet Isaiah, son of Amoz, came and said to him, This is what the Lord says, Set your house in order, for you are about to die. You will not recover. Then Hezekiah turned his face to the wall and prayed to the Lord, Please, Lord, remember how I have walked before you faithfully and wholeheartedly and have done what pleases you. And Hezekiah wept bitterly. Isaiah had not yet gone out of the inner courtyard when the word of the Lord came to him. Go back and tell Hezekiah, the leader of my people, this is what the Lord God of your ancestor David says. I have heard your prayer. I have seen your tears. Look, I will heal you. On the third day from now, you will go up to the Lord's temple. I will add 15 years to your life. I will rescue you in this city from the grasp of the king of Assyria. I will defend this city for my sake and for the sake of my servant David. Then Isaiah said, bring a lump of pressed figs. So they brought it and applied it to his infected skin and he recovered. Hezekiah had asked Isaiah, what is the sign that the Lord will heal me and that I will go up to the Lord's temple on the third day? Isaiah said, this is the sign to you from the Lord that he will do what he has promised. Should the shadow of the sun go ahead 10 steps or go back 10 steps? Then Hezekiah answered, It's easy for the shadow to lengthen 10 steps. No, let the shadow go back 10 steps. So the prophet Isaiah called out to the Lord and he brought the shadow back the 10 steps it had descended on the stairway of Ahaz. At that time, Merodach Baladan, son of Baladan, king of Babylon, sent letters and a gift to Hezekiah since he had heard that he had been sick. Hezekiah listened to the letters and showed the envoys his whole treasure house, the silver, the gold, the spices, and the precious oil, and his armory and everything that was found in his treasuries. 
There was nothing in his palace and in all his realm that Hezekiah did not show them. Then the prophet Isaiah came to King Hezekiah and asked him, Where did these men come from and what do they say to you? Hezekiah replied, They came from a distant country from Babylon. Isaiah asked, What have they seen in your palace? Hezekiah answered, They've seen everything in my palace. There isn't anything in my treasuries that I didn't show them. Then Isaiah said to Hezekiah, Hear the word of the Lord. Look, the days are coming when everything in your palace and all that your predecessors have stored up until today will be carried off to Babylon. Nothing will be left, says the Lord. Some of your descendants who come from you, whom your father, whom you father, will be taken away and they will become eunuchs in the palace of the king of Babylon. Then Hezekiah said to Isaiah, The word of the Lord you have spoken is good, for he thought, Why not, if there will be peace and security during my lifetime? The rest of the events of Hezekiah's reign, along with all his might and how he made the pool and the tunnel and brought water into the city, are written in the historical record of Judah's kings. Hezekiah rested with his ancestors and his son Manasseh became king in his place. Psalm 137 verse 1 By the rivers of Babylon, there we sat down and wept when we remembered Zion. There we hung up our lyres on the poplar trees, for our captors there asked us for songs and our tormentors for rejoicing. Sing us one of the songs of Zion. How can we sing the Lord's song on foreign soil? If I forget you, Jerusalem, may my right hand forget its skill. May my tongue stick to the roof of my mouth. If I do not remember you, if I do not exalt Jerusalem as my greatest joy... Remember, Lord, what the Edomites said that day at Israel, at Jerusalem, destroy it, destroy it, down to its foundations. Daughter Babylon, doomed to destruction, happy is the one who pays you back what you have done to us. Happy is he who takes your little ones and dashes them against the rocks. Psalm 138, verse 1. I will give you thanks with all my heart. I will sing your praise before the heavenly beings. I will bow down towards your holy temple and give thanks to your name. For your constant love and truth, you have exalted your name and your promise above everything else. On the day I called, you answered me. You increased strength within me. All the kings on earth will give you thanks, Lord. When they hear what you have promised, they will sing of the Lord's ways. For the Lord's glory is great. Though the Lord is exalted, he takes note of the humble, but he knows the haughty from a distance. If I walk into the thick of danger, you will preserve my life from the anger of my enemies. You will extend your hand. Your right hand will save me. The Lord will fulfill his purpose for me. Lord, your faithful love endures forever. Do not abandon the work of your hands. Hosea chapter 13 verse 1. When Ephraim spoke, there was trembling. He was exalted in Israel, but he incurred guilt through Baal and died. Now they continue to sin and make themselves a cast image, idols carefully skillfully made from their silver, all of them the work of craftsmen. People say about them, let the men who sacrifice kiss the calves. Therefore they will be like the morning mist, like the early dew that vanishes, like chaff blown from a threshing floor, or like smoke from a window. I have been the Lord your God ever since the land of Egypt. You know no God but me, and no Savior exists besides me. I knew you in the wilderness, in the land of drought. When they had pasture, they became satisfied, They were satisfied, and their hearts became proud. Therefore, they forgot me. So I will be like a lion to them. I will lurk like a leopard on the path. I will attack them like a bear robbed of her cubs and tear open the ribcage over their hearts. I will devour them there like a lioness, like a wild beast that would rip them open. I will destroy you, Israel. You have no help but me. 
Where now is your king that he may save you in all your cities? And the rulers you demanded, saying, Give me a king and leaders. I give you a king in my anger and take away a king in my wrath. Ephraim's guilt is preserved. His sin is stored up. Labor pains come on him. He is not a wise son. When the time comes, he will not be born. I will ransom them from the power of Sheol. I will redeem them from death. Death, where are your barbs? Sheol, where is your sting? Compassion is hidden from my eyes. Although he flourishes among his brothers, an east wind will come, a wind from the Lord rising up from the desert. His water source will fail and his spring will run dry. The wind will plunder the treasury of every precious item. Samaria will bear her guilt because she has rebelled against her God. They will fall by the sword. Their children will be dashed to pieces and their pregnant women ripped open. Oh, dear Lord, have mercy on us. Friends, may the Lord have mercy on you. May his hand guide you and lead you. May his love shine over you. May his word fill your heart and encourage you. May you look to Jesus and be saved and hold fast to his word. Good day and Godspeed.